What's up everybody, Esoteric Eddie here, Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to the audio version of Esoteric Eddie TV. I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. All right, everybody, so the guest is here again. This is Eddie with Esoteric Eddie TV. Um, thank you everybody for being here. Thank you, Tatiana, for doing this. So of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we get started and get deep, deep, into your information and your journey just want to let people know a little, little bit about how we met how we know each other just to give that background yeah so we met what was it like almost two years ago i think so yeah yeah we met our dear friend Nastasia, and uh we all had a great time at uh this festival in in uh los angeles i think that was the first time i met you there we had a great time did a lot of dancing and you know, we connected and come to find out that you are also a spiritual badass and you know a lot about spirituality, about healing in a very practical way. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, before we get started, just let the people know a little bit about you and what it is that you do. Sure, yeah. Thank you. Thank you again. Um, so, as you said, uh, yeah, my journey into Tantra, into spirituality, into all of this has been uh, pretty much a lifelong journey. You know, uh, when I was 14, uh, I started going to my first yoga class and the teacher became my mentor. And I was working with her since I was 14. She's still a friend. She's come now to my classes, my retreats, and the mentor. Um, so so it's been more than half my life that i've devoted to specifically you know the vedic sciences um but really just an internal journey of seeking seeking truth uh so like i said i was practicing yoga and then i went to college uh, i was studying journalism uh again seeking truth <laughs> i know that you don't probably associate journalism with that um anymore but uh yeah it gave me some insight because I, I started working in the news and realizing how much of everything that we were taught is really just syndicated and and written and um and some conditioning and fear-based um but uh simultaneously i was also studying yoga and i, I became a yoga teacher and started diving deeper into some of the whoops, <laughs> practices that uh, that really made it impossible for me to say that this world is just physical. Uh, it was uh, clear to me that there's metaphysical elements that are at play. And so after I got my journalism degree, I basically, you know, said, fuck the news and started teaching yoga. <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, I actually started writing as well for a, a science institute. So I was still seeking truth and I thought, okay, science, um, let me understand some of the truth alongside my spiritual understandings of yoga, um, which is, you know, not just the physical practice. I was diving into the eight limbs of yoga, really trying to live my life according to these eight limbs, including the first five yamas, which people completely forget about. Um, and yeah, there's a, basically a prescription for how to live life uh, if you're seeking mm, to find, we could say truth, but, you know, they call it enlightenment, samadhi, whatever, it, whatever, you know, different traditions have words for it, but it's self-realization. And 
So as I, I'm diving into this path, I'm simultaneously doing yoga and uh, learning about science. I, I decided to get my graduate degree. I was uh, working in uh, a, bio, a, a metabolomics lab under a, a biochemist. So understanding both the physicality of the world uh, and continuing my spiritual delving. Um, I kind of weaved it together. I convinced my mentor to fund a study on on yoga. So I used that time during my graduate degree to do literature review on the basis of yoga, kind of where all of this stuff began. Um, and I gleaned a lot of information. I started up this study uh, and then COVID hit and my study got defunded. So wow. I thought, okay, I can't do this anymore. Um, I really wanted to just you know, be teaching yoga and really diving deeper into that path. But, um, you know, I was still, I, I still needed to make a living and I, I, I moved to California and that's where we met. Um, I was working actually in clinical trials. I had the intuition to get a master's degree in public health in 2019, right before the biggest public health crisis <laughs> that yeah. has happened. And um, yeah, it was, it was also very informative for me to understand the background of what's happening in clinical trials and yeah, just have some insight so that when um, some of those mandates came around, I had the, the drive to say, you know, I think I'm going to resign instead of be mandated. Um, and so that really took me into, okay, I'm going to start running my own retreats. I need to get out of the system. I need to really fully devote myself to, uh, more of this spiritual path. And I haven't even said the word Tantra yet, but uh, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is all Tantrikas are also yogis because it's, it's, it's impossible to take those two things apart. So, um, so yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Let's, <laughs> but, pause there for a second. Let's pause there for a second because you said a lot right there that I want to touch on. So. So you were going to school to be a journalist, and at the same time you were studying yoga. What year was this? 2010 to 2014. It was a while ago. So I, I was a journalist. I worked in the news. I worked in Boston at a couple of different uh, television stations during election year. And I, like I said, I really had some insight into, into that world, yeah. <laughs> which made Major me Yoga. <laughs> um, yeah, it was all uh, just all lies, just matrix bullshit, basically. And then that's what made you want to get into the metaphysical side of things. You're saying I've always been interested in the metaphysical. Uh, I've always known that there were other other things happening than what is seen. Uh, like I, I mentioned a little bit about intuition always had a strong ability to predict, uh, to understand potentially what is going to happen before it does, even if I question myself for a lot of the, the earlier part of my life, I would question those intuitions. Now I just fully own it. Like, I know I'm an oracle. So, um, What do you think that come, comes from? Was that like in your family or how far back does that go for you? Uh, I think that that you know it's in my family but what what i what i would say is that we all have what are called in sanskrit cities which are powers you know and we can tap into these 
cities when we are uh, fully in the in the flow and we're connected to source. And so this is when our intuition, our instincts, you know, these knowings that come out of us, that is when, you know, we're able to tap into our powers and we all have them. So you might hear of clairsentience, clairvoyance, you know, people have been, you know, doing telepathy, they, they can astral project, there's all sorts of things that people can do. Uh, if, if you open your mind, the ability that, that we're able to tap into. And we as humans, if you ask me, are incredibly powerful. And it's, it's just that we, we forgot and we were told that we weren't. And as much as we can go inward and, and remember and trust ourselves uh, that, and you know, practice, practice some of these powers and clear the blockages that get in the way of us really just tapping into source, uh, we're able to express some of those, those powers. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's uh, interesting, actually, because I'm I'm releasing a video on my channel tomorrow uh, titled "The Five Signs of a Spiritual Awakening." It's mm -hmm. a fun little video put together, and I studied what some of the classical yogis and even Western psychologists who were starting to integrate Eastern philosophy into the Western uh, systems mm -hmm. had to say about spiritual awakenings and how they correlate with like psychosis and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. basically they all concluded was that yeah when you go through a kundalini awakening or a spiritual awakening um at the end of that after you go through all the tumultuous part of it and you come out of it renewed uh, your five general senses will become heightened and not only your five general senses but some people will acquire extra senses and we can all see but we can't all see beyond the the general light spectrum but sometimes when we go through these awakenings that that spectrum broadens for some people and some people can start to actually visibly see auras or actually visibly hear thoughts or energies and stuff like that exactly i would love to speak a little bit more about kundalini awakening and kundalini because that is the basis of tantra okay. <laughs> or at least yeah. um, my understanding so i feel that i had a kundalini awakening when i was 19 uh, and this also exactly coincided with what you're what you're saying. So I was in college and I had again what I, I what I would say is a Kundalini awakening where you know I I came to this understanding about so much it was a, a tapping into the collective that I I think I wasn't quite ready for in in some ways. I wasn't uh, but I suppose I was if, if it happened. Uh, but what happened was exactly what you said. I kind of went into something of a psychosis state and uh, those around me were really worried. I was in school and I was taken to the you know, campus health. They immediately wanted to put me on antidepressants and anti-anxiety, all the things. Um, and, you know, I, I resisted a bit, but I was told that this is what was wrong with me. You know, so I I ended up dropping out of school. I went to a treatment center. Uh, I was put on, you know, these pharmaceutical drugs and told that there was something wrong with me. Now, luckily, I was already in this yogic realm. So I had a very close friend who gifted me a book around this time. And this book is called Kundalini Tantra. And I tell everybody who I work with about it. It really acted as a manual, um, but really more so saved saved my uh, Saved, saved a, 
it, it helped me understand what I was moving through. It, it, it talks exactly about what you were talking about, the, um, the Kundalini awakening, what, what you might move through. And it, and it really depicted what I was going through at the time. And the doctors, you know, people around me had no idea, but this book told me what I was going through. And then not only that, but it goes through all of these different practices that you can, that you can move through so that you, uh, really cleanse and clarify, uh, and align your energetic centers so that, you know, when we have these Kundalini awakenings, if you're not, uh, clear then you can go into these psychotic states and this is a, a warning that they write about uh, as far as kundalini awakenings go and there's so many people right now that are facilitating kundalini awakening uh, but there are some dangers to, to what can occur if you don't if you don't have a mentor and a guide to understand how to really direct this energy um, so I, I went through my my kundalini awakening i went into you know a treatment center uh, but I ended up leaving against doctor's orders uh, because of uh, the, the first yoga teacher that I had. I found out that she was also a therapist. So after three months of being in this treatment center and just feeling completely lost and, you know, being force fed these medications, and I, I, I left and I started working one on one with my with my first yoga teacher. and. She taught me about yoga. She taught me about Kundalini awakening, about the chakras. She taught me about Ayurveda, the sister science of yoga, and how to balance ourselves, how to clear um, our nadis, our channels. Uh, she taught me. <laughs> she she taught me about Vedic astrology in in some regard, and uh, really just kind of pointed me in the right direction. And thank goodness, and to her and many other teachers along the way because I thought I was insane, <laughs> you know? And, and actually, I think that, that this is something that uh, many people go through. And instead of allowing people to go through the dark night of the soul, which is almost a human right, <laughs> uh, we now decide that there's something wrong with them. We put a label on them, and then we put them on drugs for the rest of their lives. And this is a spiritual um, repression, if you ask me. So this is why I do a lot of the work that I do. It <laughs> uh, yeah. drives me. And um, yeah, I'd be yeah. happy to talk a little bit more about that. But oh, uh, Kundalini you do, do you, you, of course, know about Kundalini. I don't know if those who, who, who are watching do. but Yeah, well, absolutely. It's a, it's a subject I've been diving more into since my last book, which dropped last year, which is about consciousness and everything. and. I've heard about it all throughout my years and everything. And um, after making this video, which I'm dropping tomorrow, I didn't realize it until I started reflecting on my past and what I now know that I too had an awakening back in like 2014-ish when I was like 20, 21. And I also learned through the studies that I did for this video that Kundalini awakenings can happen to anybody at any moment. You know, it's not just something that you can aspire to. I mean, of course, the yogis, they try to aspire to it, but it can actually happen to anybody at any moment. Mm -hmm. um, they just they, they just have to be certain, um, uh, what are the, what are the, certain circumstances, certain circumstances in your life and certain things that, happen, that are happening in your body and changing. And when those all meet together, it'll cause it to just fire on and turn on. 
And I, like you were saying right now, it probably happened to you too because you were you were although you didn't feel ready, the gods, the universe, whatever God knew that you were ready and knew it was your time. It's like a spiritual rite of passage. Not everybody goes through it spontaneously or involuntarily, but those of us who do more or less were chosen to go through that so that we can kind of speed up our spiritual growth and get to the point where you're at now or now you're a healer and now you're helping other people go through this yeah that that really is the basis of what i'm doing you know i (laughs) i find that again i i've talked about how there's some some warnings in some of these texts about awakening without having all of your energetic centers awakened. So uh, we, we start at the base. We start at the base of the spine, the muladhara, and this is really where they say the kundalini energy, the potential energy is coiled. And we talk about kundalini. What is kundalini? Kunda means whole. So deep in the whole of your being, there is this image of a snake that's coiled and this is your potential energy and as we awaken our energetic centers this kundalini rises and i'm sure you've heard this and as these texts for example the book that i mentioned kundalini tantra talks about there's months long programs or recommendations for how to cleanse and awaken these energetic centers in a way so that you're not blasted off with your immediate kundalini awakening, which can happen. And it can happen to people, you know, people will activate different energetic centers. For example, when people take psychedelic drugs, there's a lot of activation that's happening in these higher centers. Now, if you, if you haven't activated or um, really worked with the lower centers, then this can, again, cause psychosis, can cause you to be blasted off without this, this energy of being grounded. Uh, because you've already worked with your lower centers. So what I'm doing with people often is starting from the base, doing practices that'll awaken and clear these channels uh, so that we can let the energy rise in a way that is, um, you know, not such a blast off experience that some of us might have had. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, Yeah, like you're saying, it can be very tumultuous. And if you're not ready for it, then it can, you can mistreat yourself and can also be misdiagnosed as having a psychosis, which happens a lot of times. And then as you were saying, people get put on all these drugs, it gets, it becomes suppressed Mm -hmm. and the purpose of it never gets fulfilled. But um, yeah, so getting back to your story. So you're a, a young adult working for the news industry. You realized it was all just fake and it's not what you thought it was and you got out of that you went through your kundalini and you start studying this stuff and um i also thought it was amazing that you started putting your your science your science mind your science work with this and so you started doing these clinical trials studying yoga i want to hear a little more a little bit more about that before we get into tantra what were these studies based around what was so that you were studying and what was the goal that you had with with these medical studies and yoga sure. so i'll just uh i'll just say that as we speak about kundalini we're talking about tantra we are talking about tantra All right. <laughs> so okay. um but i will speak a little bit more about my background in science because i know that's very important especially to the western viewers um 
I was again very lucky to find a mentor who was a you know he is a renowned biochemist. Uh, he is one of the pioneers in figuring out that uh, polyunsaturated omega three fatty acids are very good for the brain. So uh, he's studying again from the metabolomic perspective, which is the metabolites, the concentration of these very small molecules, and how it affects our our health state. And he was also interested in meditation and, you know, lifestyle interventions. And that's really how I came in with what I wanted to study. I was like, look, I'm studying public health. I'm really into yoga. I see that it's incredible for people with depression in particular. Um, I know, I know I would love to have this be an intervention that is actually prescribed by doctors and maybe insurance could pay for. How do we do that? We have to find some scientific validity for it. So let's do a trial. And he was into it. So he, he's, you know, he funded this study that I was putting together. It was looking at um, the health effects of, of particularly hot yoga on the body. And um, this was working with the, the idea of the adaptive stress response. So it's a dose-response relationship. If you have um, you know, something that stresses the body, the body evolves over time. That's kind of the basis of that study. And like I said, within that, I also was able to look at all the background of yoga and kind of dive deeper into some of the philosophy where it came from. Why do we do all of these poses? You know, what is the point? <laughs> and in that searching, I, again, went from the physical to the metaphysical. There are, it's impossible to take them apart. And like I said, you know, we had the study, we got, we got people in, we, I had a, <laughs> the whole thing set up and then uh, just as it was beginning, COVID started. So uh, we had to shut down some of the, the study. But what I, what I took from it really was that, that deep searching into some of the more um, foundational aspects of what yogic philosophy is and the reason for why we practice yoga. And again, the reason is the eighth limb of yoga, samadhi. However, uh, another basis of, of, of the yogic path is that we're never working for the outcome. <laughs> we're not seeking this samadhi. We're doing the practices, the work every day uh, because the work is our privilege, never the fruit. And, and this is something that translates directly to Tantra. We do these practices not because it's going to give us this great outcome, but because it deepens our experience in every moment. It, it awakens us in every moment. And that is the privilege and the joy of doing this work. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can speak um, on, on the, the science, but I, I feel compelled to, to drive it right into the tantric realm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. The work is the privilege. Um, me being a busy man, uh, a laborious man, a blue collar worker, I can appreciate that, you know, and one of the things that, I abhor about life. One of the things I don't want to say that I fear, but you know, in that energy about life is not being present. You know, like whenever I'm not present and I'm just letting time pass by or whatever time is, I abhor that. And so I love how like yoga or your work or the flow state not only puts you in the present, but puts you in the infinite quantum realm because now you are transcending time. And so, um, yeah, I really like that. You know, work, the work is the privilege and the the goal is not really the goal the journey is really the purpose right that the purpose mm -hmm. that going through it because once you get the goal it's like all right you're done now what right 
So like the goal, the real goal, as you're saying, is the work is going through that. Yeah. But, I, um, I can't take credit for that. The work is your privilege, never the fruits thereof. This is a, a line from the sutra, the yoga sutras. Mm. Um, but it is something that I live by. Uh, so kind of getting into Tantra. Tantra is this word. So many people have different definitions. I love to ask people, what is Tantra? What is Tantra to you? Uh, and yeah, my, my base answer to this question is Tantra is just a framework for attaining awakening, spiritual uh, mm. enlightenment, self-realization. Uh, tantras were originated, I saw a question here, from the Vedas. So uh, Tantras were just teachings. Tantras were teachings and technologies that help us to attain uh, greater consciousness, more awakeness. It is, uh, the word Tantra means to weave together. So it's weaving together the physical and the spiritual. It's weaving together, you know, all of these uh, practices into our daily life so that our awareness, and our consciousness is expanded. Um, so, so when we talk about Tantra, it's an active process. It's not something that you can only read about. Uh, and Tantra originally was only passed on orally, and it was always done in secret. So it has kind of this taboo, dark nature around it, especially because now with the neo-tantrics, uh, you know, it's, it's all based around sex and the Kama Sutra, and, you know, everyone sees Tantra, they think of tantric sex. And, you know, I understand why tantrics have great sex. They're they're fully present in the moment and they're living in the body using all of the senses and and maybe extra senses as, as you might have touched on um but this is really not the point of tantra uh so and again the point if there was to be one it really is just to create more awake awareness in every moment um yeah yeah love that yeah and it is strange how it is like synonymous with with sex or like spiritual sex and that's what i thought it was until i started learning about it from certain people such as yourself and other friends and yeah it has to do more with like you're saying just being in the present and of course if you're if you're present during sex it's going to be a lot better than if you're just zoning out and thinking about other things of course you know you got to be right there with your partner and right there with yourself it's but um, so much more than just being in the present as well. It's about being in union with life. Mm, it's about this mm. ultimate union. And we talk about in Tantra these primordial forces, the forces that make up all of life. Um, and we speak about two in particular. Uh, they like to call it Shiva Shakti energy, Shiva and Shakti. So Shiva uh, energy is this pure awareness, consciousness like the sacred witness uh, and it also you know people say that this is like masculine energy it's yang energy if you want to talk about Taoism um, and then Shakti energy is this creative dynamic life force energy it is the yin energy it is now called you know feminine energy uh, but together and you can kind of witness this in yourself there is this pure witness that just 
sees all and there's also this life in you and this chaos and this you know it's uh it's dynamic and together those two forces is what creates all living beings and all that which is in the universe and if you look at the yin and yang there is the yin and yang they are separate but they're together when in harmony they are one and so the ultimate teaching of tantra is non-dual uh, in particular, the tantra that lineage that I that I follow, and of course, with this this uh, traditions, they've been around for a long time. So there's many lineages, there's many different interpretations, translations. Uh, so I can only speak on on what I know and what I practice and what I've studied. But I I'm in of, of the non-dual uh, tantra. So all is one, and this goes into the idea that you kind of were talking about about sex. So uh, tantrics, unlike many other spiritual traditions, they do not disavow the body. So, you know, in Christianity, for example, we're taught that the body is this sinful thing. It's kind of, you know, gross and, and it has all these urges and, um, and through the body we, we create sin. And it's almost like we want to cut ourselves off from the body and transcend the body, go to heaven. Tantrics. Uh, believe that it is through the body that we access the divine. And so instead of saying, you know, that we should be out of the body or transcend the body, it's, it's, we have to go deeper into the body, go within. And it is also of the idea that both the physical and the spiritual are one. So if we're saying, if we're praising a God outside of ourselves, but we're not praising ourselves, you know, giving honor and calling our body sacred we're calling a deity sacred outside of ourselves this is not true tantra because it's not non-dual you know all is sacred all is divine including our physical bodies <laughs> and so yeah. when we start to see tantrics um going down these really taboo pathways you know like maybe you've heard of I don't want to give any bad, you know, any more bad reputation for tantrics, but, uh, you know, some of these initiations, what they're doing is really testing the ability for you to see it all as sacred. That includes the beautiful and the profane. Um, so they're putting themselves in situations where they're really deconditioning the idea that anything is wrong. Everything is sacred because it's part of this you know, beautiful thing that we're a part of right now. And when our consciousness is expanded and the awakeness that comes in every moment is the realization of how interconnected and incredibly um, just intricate and, and magnificent life is in any given moment. So. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it, it, of course, like the Christian, the institutional, religious systems they do denounce the body they denounce the physical aspect of life but the more mystical sides at least in this in this sense they don't do that you know, they say we need to utilize it and i agree and that's something that i've been starting to realize for myself too through some of my latest work is that we are here for a reason we're in this physical world for a reason and we have a mind and a body and it's my belief that the creator intended for us to utilize both of them 
in unison as a spiritual machine, more or less, because the body it what allows us to toggle ourselves here in this simulation, in this realm, whatever you want to call it. But with the body and the mind together, um, can we actually activate the purpose and the power of what our Creator intended? And that's exactly why the powers that be, if you will, try to disconnect that that connection between the mind and the body. Keep the mind distracted. Keep the body toxic, so that so that they both do not connect in unison. But um, yeah. yeah, powerful stuff for sure. Yeah, to speak on that idea of like the creator and us, you know, again, this non-dual teaching tells us that we are the creator. The creator and us are one and the same. And, you know, this is similar to, to some of the religious frameworks of, you know, that the God made us in his image and, and you know, that, that God is within us as well. Um, but it's, it's again, that, that interconnectedness, that weaving together of, uh, the, the body, the mind, all of these energetic centers when coming together, uh, it creates this ultra powerful human being. And this is our true nature. Our true nature is that we are creators. Creative life force energy runs through us at all times. You know, we, ha we have different ways of creating for example, for men and women, it's slightly different. Men have this penetrative energy. They have to go outside of themselves to create. Uh, and women have more of a, a receptive energy. You know, they can sit back, wait around, <laughs> and, and they can still create from within. They don't have to go looking for it. So there's this polar differences. And so in Tantra, we talk a lot about these polarities and the, the masculine, the feminine, the Shiva Shakti. And and how when we're able to be in harmony with them, we're able to expand ourselves. So, yeah, there's yeah. some interesting uh, things going on here with, uh, you know, you talked about the powers that be trying to keep us down. The more that our, that our consciousness expands, the more that we can see clearly, we're able to understand that we have so much more power than we were told. And that is why I'm always, you know, leading these, these things where I'm asking people to go within. Because the more that we can look within and listen to ourselves, not listen to these outside forces that are telling us what we are and what we should do. And, um, you know, really, there's so many ways that we're kept small and contracted. The more that we look within and we see our true nature the more that we're able to expand and to be free of these conditions these lies that that keep us in these contracted states and when you're expanded when your consciousness is more expanded you start to see all of the patterns you start to see you know people talk about signs they talk about um you know there's like everybody's talking about angel numbers all these different things you know, when, when you have this, oh, this awareness in your life of, of what's happening, it's impossible not to start to see the patterns, the signs, uh, and the interconnectedness of life. And when we believe in our own, um, you know, our own ability to have some, some power uh, to create in this world, uh, and we start harnessing that, then magical things start happening. And 
Yeah, there's the, both the physical and the metaphysical aspects of that that we are able to tap into. Good, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Seriously, and I hope everybody gets that that chance in life, you know. But not everybody goes through that moment of clarity where they can finally start to see everything for what it is. I think it always starts with like that Kundalini awakening, you know, that ripping of the veil that is tumultuous, that is hard to go through. And then once you go through it, hopefully at the end of that, you know, you, you gain these powers, these extra sensibilities, and you can really start to see everything for the, for the way it is. And then eventually get to the point where you can start help other people to wake, to wake up, help other people to wake up, help other people through those journeys. And yeah. um, I want to speak even a little bit more on these powers, like yeah. not get too hung up on it. You know, in Tantra, they talk a lot about bliss. Why are they talking about bliss so much? Are they talking about sexual pleasure? Uh, no, they're not. What they're talking about is Satchit Ananda, which is pure bliss awareness. And this is your true nature. Our true nature is, uh, you know, when there is no mind, when there's no chatter, when we're not thinking we're doing something wrong or told we're, we're doing something wrong, and there's just awareness this is bliss and that is the bliss that tantrics are talking about of course you know there's also other levels of physical pleasure that can be attained when again we're open to it um and i think that leads into another thing that i witnessed especially working in science um when people believe that they know it all <laughs> when people close themselves or, or think that everything is physical or um, again, close themselves off to the idea that there is something else. Whenever you think you know something, it closes you to the ability to learn more uh, and to, to see outside of that box. And so keeping ourselves in this pure awareness where we're just witnessing, we're just witnessing life and we can witness these patterns and these things that are outside of ourselves. That's when, again, the the consciousness starts to expand. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, conscious expansion is like, we hear that a lot in the community, you know, your consciousness will expand. And like, you know, what does that really mean? And for me, conscious expansion is synonymous with conscious awareness. So, for example, you might be a person who's depressed and or whatever, and because you're depressed, you're not even aware of the depression that other people in your family are going through because you're so centered on your own suffering you don't even you're not even aware that you know for example your mother or your brother is also suffering but once you start to heal now your consciousness has expanded your conscious awareness has now expanded and now you're looking up and now you're looking around and now you're saying oh wow my brother's actually depressed too maybe i should go help him and it's the same thing you literally start to see things in an expanded way and so for me that's that's what it means and that's that's the beauty of it the power of it is you literally start to see so much more you start to feel so much more and that clarity allows you to actually be powerful and move and maneuver through this life with power exactly exactly and i think you touched on that beautifully it's like so this is one of the reasons why tantrics and yogis they're Tantrika is a yogi uh, in many cases because they have to come to this place of mastering the body because the body is the vessel for our consciousness. 
So why do we do all of these yoga poses? You know, all of those, many of them are really new. They only came around in the last century or so. And uh, most of the yoga poses that were done traditionally uh, were seated postures and they were done to just kind of ready the body to be able to sit in meditation for a long time. And so every pose has kind of the, the why of why we do it. And, and each pose is, is a way to strengthen or bring more health into the body. So once the body is healthy, the, the practitioner no longer has to worry about the body. So we know that when we're unhealthy or we're depressed, um, that's basically all we can focus on is getting back to, to health. But when we're in health, uh, then, again, our awareness can be outside of ourselves a little bit more. And so, as you said, when our awareness goes outside of ourselves, we start to look around. We, we see how, you know, his depression is connected to us. And we start to witness all of the, the connections and the interconnectedness of life. And maybe we start to be able to tap into this collective consciousness that we're all able to tap into. That's why I think something like depression is actually not just a physical manifestation. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to take somebody who's depressed and just give them antidepressants. You really have to change like the environment. You have to take them out of the, the collective situation that they're in. And even then, there's uh, so much that's occurring in the world that we're able to tap into at all times uh, that we were able to tap into long before AI. Because before AI, there's just I. There's intelligence, great, greater intelligence beyond us. And this is the grid. This is all the sacred geometry. This is the collective consciousness. And when we are clear, when we are able to tap into that source, as what, what I was saying, um, yeah, we're, we're able to have access to this incredibly vast, you know, information and understandings. You know, people will have been said to be able to just have knowledge that they never learned, but they were able to tap into uh, because of this collective consciousness uh, and the ability yeah. to, to interweave that into their own being. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to uh, move on to your retreat and also kind of get a little bit more into some daily practices or practices that you teach that people can utilize or start to look into. Mm -hmm. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about your retreat. So you mentioned earlier you were kind of, if I understood it correctly, you were kind of, um, I guess, upset with the way things were happening here in America and that caused you to go leave to South America and start this retreat. <laughs> what exactly happened? Okay. Yeah, so um, I live in Mexico, <laughs> but uh, still North America. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the first retreat uh, that I put on was really kind of holistic. It was basically just warming people up to uh, this idea of mysticism and, uh, you know, metaphysical. And we did basically bring people into this closed container where we did practices together and you know, shared some wisdom, just as, as they have always done, again, in this tantric tradition, where it's passed down orally. So you're able to sit, you know, you have someone who's a, a master, and they're sharing information. And so that was kind of the basis of that first retreat. And from there, I've, I've continued, I, I met uh, my 
uh, I would call her my teacher as well. Another master who is the Tantrika, and she had this desire to start these Kali Tantra retreats. And at the time, uh, I had already been becoming a devotee of Kali. So <laughs> that kind of opens the door to Kali. And I know that uh, she seems quite scary. A lot of people are very confused about what I'm doing. Uh, are you doing deity worship? Are you in a cult? Um, why is she holding a man's head? She looks terrifying. What the hell is going on? <laughs> so um, part of Tantra that is, again, different than some of the like more, you know, just delving into like energetic practices or sacred sexuality is that they they tie in these these wisdom goddesses and and gods as well. Um, the tantra in particular, there's a lot of worship of the goddess, and these wisdom goddesses are called the Mahavidyas. And so I talked about Shakti, Shakti energy, this feminine dynamic force. And the first embodiment of this force, according to this lineage, is uh, Kali. And Kali is the great creatrix. She's the mother of the universe. In, 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 in Sanskrit, the word Kal, Kala means uh, time, means space, it means darkness, and it means the void. So where did we come from? We came from the void. Where do we go? We go back to the void. And we go back to the mother, and this is Kali. And Kali, as we often see, is depicted as this um, demon slayer with a man's head in one of her four hands, a dagger in another. She has this very dark blue skin, the color of the universe. She has her tongue out. She's standing above uh, Shiva, who is laying prostrate. This is, the, again, the first embodiment of Shiva energy, the pure consciousness. And she's often naked or she has only like a tiger skin. And it looks like she is about to kill him or she already did. <laughs> and that's actually not what this is depicting. So what this is depicting is the um, having to go a little bit deeper here. So in, in these teachings, we, we live in different ages. And the ages are cyclical. And in the beginning, there was the age of Sat-Yuga. Sat meaning truth. And so in the beginning, all humans lived in truth. They came from a place of unconditional love, of peace, of harmony. And you can read about this where people talk about Shambhala or Utopia or Lemuria. You know, um, and then over time, we've kind of we've gone through these ages and we've devolved. And now uh, scholars believe that we're living in the age of Kali Yuga, Kali Yuga. And this is the age of delusion, of destruction, of deception, of lies. And if you look into what is written about the age of Kali Yuga, it really depicts a lot of what we're living through right now. Witnessing people harming each other, lying, betraying, killing, raping. I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot of horrible things that are occurring um, between humans now. So in this depiction of Kali, the great mother, she's fiercely angry at her children who have come to this place where they're killing each other and hurting each other so deeply that she's ready to put an end to it. She wants to destroy um, the universe. And 
in an act of sacrifice for the children, for his children, for the children of the universe, Shiva lays down um, his life. And uh, with the unconditional love that, that Kali has for this act, she decides to spare humanity. And because of this, we're able to move again into the age of Sat Yuga, because that is what comes after Kali Yuga. And yeah, we can we can see how uh, uh, how you know people have talked about there's going to be cataclysmic events. We talk about these light workers, and this is really in line with a lot of these teachings that there are people from the age the ages around whatever age you're living in to to kind of usher in a new age. So um, with every age, there's different yogas that are prescribed. And in the beginning, you could do Sat Yoga, you know, very gentle, loving, kind yoga. But in Kali Yoga, um, they, they talk about doing Tantra Yoga. Tantra Yoga with the teachings of Kali. This Kali is cutting. She cuts through, through illusion so that you can see and feel truth again. Uh, and the truth is that when, when we are living in love and when we have honor and care and respect for each other, and then we can live in harmony and peace with these two energies, these two polar forces, the light and the dark. But we can't look away from the dark. We have to look directly into the dark <laughs> to be able to see the light. So that is a little bit about Kali. And uh, so I began doing these retreats with uh, my, my collaborator and my friend, my teacher, Isabel. And she, you know, has taken some of these teachings from India and again like integrated it with the neo tantra so there is you know activations of different energetic centers but the the basis of it is working with these polar energies and witnessing in ourselves how how we respond and react and what is natural for us it's very difficult to put into words what we do yeah. <laughs> um but there's base practices that you know anybody can do and any and, and and if you ask me we should be doing on a daily basis to purify and that purification is what allows us to truly activate ourselves in a balanced way so that our kundalini can rise and we can come to full awakening so <laughs> we we set up these these retreats um and we bring people in there's these purification practices we start with the self we're always looking at the self first but then we we bring some polarity between the men and the women we keep them separated at times we build polarity and then we start to work with these different masculine and feminine wounds that everybody has uh and and whatever wounding we have will will show how we're responding to the other and Again, very difficult to put into words because the thing about Tantra is that it's a practice. It's practice. You, you cannot experience energy. You can't open yourself to be perceptive if you're not, um, you know, you can't read about it. You have to experience it directly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you you got to do it. You got to do the work. You have to do the work. You have to do the work. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. So what I'm doing when I work with people one-on-one um, and what I do in some of the little longer containers that I hold is basically just setting some practices in place for people to do this purification work and activation work of their energetic centers. 
base work is just starting to feel again. <laughs> we are very desensitized. And how can we know that energy, subtle energy exists if we're so desensitized and we only believe that there is physicality in the world? So we have to first sensitize ourselves. And then when we find ourselves sensitized, oh, we're flooded with all these emotions, with these, you know, blockages, these wounds, the pain. And how can, how can we touch pure bliss awareness if we have all these thoughts of shame, guilt, worry, fear, the conditioning of what our parents, of what society, of what, you know, academic institutions have, have put in us. So we, ha we start to clear all of this away. We start to clear all of the conditioning to get down to who, it, who are you at your truest essence. Um, and again, according to these teachings, our true essence is pure bliss. Pure bliss. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Actually, I was just thinking to myself right now, you know, for a lot of us who are living in this crazy world where, you know, the, uh, the shadowy elite are always rampant at uh, trying to toxify us and trying to brainwash us and distract us. These tantric practices are a great place to start to not just detoxify your body, but your mind. You know, detoxifying your body is, is one thing. It's a very practical, physical thing, you know, drinking certain minerals, certain vitamins doing fastings and stuff like that but going through these practices these meditative yogic practices also start to detoxify the mind as you were saying and get you back to who you are get you back to center start to move away all the brainwashing and programming um, that has been done to you that makes you think that that's who you are when it's not who you are it's, it's just all these different brainwashing programs that have been piled onto you and their actual core so doing these practices will actually help detoxify your mind from the brainwash programming. To, <clears throat> excuse me, from the brainwash programming to get back to your center and who you are, and then from that point forward, you can start to rebuild who it is you want to be, and not who it is they are telling you to be. Exactly, exactly. This is all about, um, you know, we're working. You said it perfectly. We work with three different bodies. So we work with the physical body to start. You have to purify the physical body for us to be even to tap into these other le levels of consciousness. So the physical body is where we start. We have to purify and then we move into the mental emotional body. And from there, we start to, to sift through all of the different things that we were told are traumas. You know, this is where we get into the healing realms. Yeah, I love that. I love how you're redefining it you know as you're saying it's it's a tool for ascension what would you say as just like a simple definition of tantra it's a set of tools teachings practices that help us weave together the physical and the non-physical and uh you know heighten our awareness first and foremost so that you know our consciousness is able to expand <laughs> love it yeah, so in, uh, before we got cut off again, you were basically explaining to us how to clear our karma and how to uh, detoxify our body and mind so that we can become aware of the subtle body. And then at that point, we can start to actually access the power that Tantra provides for us. And was there anything else you wanted to, to say on that subject before we move on? You know, I think I was, I was talking about um, 
just the the karmic body and oh, yeah. the astrology. We're talking about um, the planet clusters, old souls and young souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so what I was basically saying is that um, those that are older souls, you can tell because their planets are going to be clustered in uh, in just a few houses. And what this means is that they've already learned many lives. So in this life, they only have a they have more specific focus to where they need to actualize. So for example, um, you know, if, if in, in this life, your planets are clustered in the house of partners or clustered in the house of the unconscious, then that's where you need to focus in this life to become most actualized. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, a lot of these concepts are kind of different, difficult for, uh, to be conveyed especially to like a wide audience and um it takes a little bit of time to go deeper but i'm happy to go deeper with anybody who's interested particularly in vedic astrology these are sciences mantra is a science it's an energetic uh science of alchemy of, of how we can basically awaken our energetic centers so that we become this mm, you know when we have the the energy, uh, the the base energy, the heart energy, the mind energy, all aligned and awakened. We are incredibly powerful. There is very, very uh, we're we're limitless yeah. <laughs> in, in nature as human beings, and uh, this knowledge is what is kept from us. And it is what I try to remind everyone that I work with, and and those that that do these practices that go down this path it's impossible not to not to start to see uh the i don't want to say powers but the absolute uh, ability of human beings to become masterful creators and co-collaborators uh with life i love that so being an old soul has everything to do with your planet clusters nothing to do with with listening to old jazz records and wearing denim jackets. <laughs> you know, they might go hand in hand. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. I haven't looked at the, the, the studies on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you're, you're stationed in Mexico, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, it's not necessarily by choice. It was somewhere that I was, I feel, magnetized to go. It is a beautiful place to do tantric work uh, because it's so freeing. And why why is tantra? You know, we talk about the expansion a lot. It's also about liberation. It's about freeing ourselves from these shackles and bonds of the demons, of the, the conditioning, and all that keeps us small when we're not fully aligned and activated in in all of our energy. Dude, I love that. Um, let's see here while we start to wrap up, uh, we lost some of the questions, but I do remember some of them. I know somebody asked earlier what they could do to, I think it was clear the energy of, of, uh, Palestine and, and Israel, something like that. What could they do with Tantra to start clearing some of that fear and, and sadness? Yeah, this is something that is pertinent, uh, to, you know, the times and to all times there's always been you know conflict there's always been wars there's been suffering um but what 
what this work does, again, is to look inward so that we can be in any situation. We can see and witness, you know, either the most beautiful things in the world and experience all the love. And we can also be with all of the pain and all of the sadness. And we can show up in our heart in all of it and stay centered and stay clear and awake with all of it. Because if, if we shut down, if we close down, if we, you know, say, fuck the world, kind of like Kali did right before <laughs> Shiva <laughs> laid down, then that just leads to more destruction. It leads to more hate, more of the perpetuating cycle. To break the cycle of pain, delusion, and, um, you know, just hurting each other it is to be awake is to be aware and to be in the body and the heart in the heart the heart is the altar the body is the temple and the heart is the altar and so the more that we are able to not get carried away into the sadness not allow ourselves to be broken by the the things that we witness in the world the more that we're able to show up and to be the ones who are the healers to be the ones that are there to speak clearly to those um, in power to to hold those who are hurt. And the, whenever we allow ourselves to go into those cycles of pain, of sadness, then we ourselves are hurting ourselves and allowing it to hurt us and just, again, perpetuating cycle. So the freedom of some of these, these cycles is, is what Tantra can help us with. And how do we do that? Again, we, we don't allow ourselves to be pulled by the urges, by the, by the confines of the body, really. We, we find uh, our center, and no matter what is occurring with us, we can always remain awake, aware, and in our heart. And, yeah, this is why some of the tantric practices are very... Um, hmm. You know, they'll, they'll put you in situations that are quite uncomfortable. So learning how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. This is base and Tantra. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I'll add to that and say, you know, in today's world, we have access to everything, every conflict going on. So, like, you're being bombarded with all these different conflicts and you're feeling all this intensity. but what can you actually do? You know, I think we need to tune into ourselves and realize that every conflict that's happening in this life on this world isn't for, for us to go in and, and be a part of. You know, what can you actually do? What do you actually want to do? If sending some money is all you can do, then send some money. If saying some prayers is all you can do, then send some prayers. But every war that is being fought is not, it's not for you to join in on. So whatever you feel called to do, pay attention to that. But keep in mind, with all the brainwashing, all the indoctrination, it's going to be easy to feel like you're being called to do so many different things for so many different wars, when really that's just you taking on the identity of all these wars. Yeah. So I would say focus in on the war that's actually happening inside of you first. What's actually happening in your own life, in your own heart, in your own mind, start there. And then as your channels become clear, then you will actually be able to do more for more people and more suffering. Exactly. Exactly. That was very beautifully put. And 
and you can see it you can see it now like with every big crisis with every um you know problem there's people get into it they fall down these rabbit holes and they get angry and sad and they pick sides and you know they they fight endlessly for their side and the thing about all of this is really being able to zoom outside of yourself outside of all of it and to witness it to witness it as a pure awareness not saying if it is good or bad you know we can feel into what we feel is is right and wrong but ultimately not letting it pull us down into these places because if we don't keep our center we'll be pulled all throughout life and yeah and to talk a little bit more on a practical level what what we're doing you know every single day i wake up and i'm not an ascendant master i'm not saying that because i guide people through this that i'm perfect you know why do i do this work because it helps me it's it's it has helped me and have i seen progress in myself absolutely i'm not working toward a goal again but it has helped me and and from a very physical level like i said these tantric practices it's not something that you read about and in the mind comprehend and then it's like oh i'm awakened no we're we're doing things in our body that are opening and cleansing ourselves that are moving energy because as we know emotions are energy and emotions are stored in the body the body keeps a score a great book you know we're finally understanding that this psychological talk therapy isn't necessarily always helping people what people need to do is move and breathe and scream and dance and kick and you know be connected to other human beings so what are these practices you know some of them are very physical some of them are very um you know like they're they're moving energy in the body and it's very can you please not walk behind me <laughs> She's moving her body with the towel <laughs> yeah no um but uh yeah so it's a really like being able to tap into uh the ability to move energy in our own body um to experience all of these different things and not be moved by it <laughs> um we can only do that if we're not you know on edge if we're super stressed you you can take it from a day like just you know it's a regular monday you had quite a day um and when you get home your partner says one thing and it takes you over the edge you fly off the handle you know this maybe never would have happened on the sunday where you spent the whole day relaxing da 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 you get home from your spa appointment and your partner says the same thing and you just kind of keep your sense you're like oh honey you know it's fine um this is exactly what we're talking about so if you're storing all this repressed emotion if you're feeling uh the sadness the shame the guilt all of these things in your body then you're going to be on edge a lot of the time and if you're not going to be able to hold yourself and your center when you're tested when you're in uncomfortable situations when you witness the person that's hurting instead of crying or are starting to like oh god it's too i can't look at it i can't be with it no you're right there you can be with that person because it's not triggering your own wounds you know your wounds are 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 being healed by releasing of this energy over time mm. yeah. and it's called practice because it doesn't happen overnight you have to show up 
And that's what one of my greatest teachers would say is just show up, just show up and do some of the work, the practices. And over time, a little bit goes a long way and you will see, you will see. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, what I'm hearing basically is like Tantra and all of the spiritual practices, they are a way to live your life. They're not a way for your life to end. You know, yeah. it's, it's a process. It's a way to live your life, not a way for your life to end. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Tatiana, we can go on and on and on. There's so much more we could talk about, so much more that we can get into. But um, we're going to wrap it up here. But before we do, is there anything else you'd like to say to the people? and also let them know where they can follow you, find you, and sign up for some practices. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, so I think the one thing that I would want to share is just, again, as much as you can tune out, tune out all the voices, go out of the mind and back to the body. Your body is incredibly intelligent. You know, you when when we're able to step out of all of the, the things that the mind is saying, what feels good, what feels bad, when we're able to just take a deep breath. And that's why we use the breath as an anchor to get back into the body, uh, to deepen our own awareness and experience. As much as you can close your eyes and spend time with yourself, developing your relationship with yourself, your ability to listen to your own intuition without heeding the advice of those people outside, um that is that is the the base layer of this work uh and yeah to to connect with me i'm happy to connect on instagram tatiana tantra is where i i, I generally find people um i work with people one-on-one -on -one. everybody that i work with i do you know slightly different things it really depends on where you are on on, on this path and and what you're seeking uh, but there's things that everybody can do uh, i use all of those tools the frameworks that i that i talked about uh, yoga ayurveda jyotish tantra and um yeah we, we have retreats we have retreats coming up i'm about to launch a, a eight-week container with a group in san diego called honey temple collective we'll be doing eight weeks online we'll be going through all the seven chakras uh doing activation practices and um, some reflection and then there'll be an in-person immersion like initiatory uh, tantric experience day and night um, so definitely stay tuned for that if you're interested um, but yeah i'm happy to to take any questions and uh speak with anybody who's interested in diving deeper into this so please just feel free to message me awesome awesome yeah thank you again tatiana for hanging out with us Thank you to everybody for rocking with us. This will all be on Instagram and I'll also compile it and put it on YouTube as well. So everybody follow Tatiana, get into your tantric power. Um, yeah. Thank you everybody. Love y'all. Love you, Tatiana. Thank you so much. I this was such a joy and love talking to you and uh, it was great to see you. Thank you for this opportunity. Good to see you, homie. Peace. <laughs>